This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. Jimmy out along with Bruce Marshall, the goal sheet. We're talking here on the Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network and the big semifinals in the different uh, divisions in the SEC, Bruce. Uh, de facto, um, I guess you could call them uh, semifinals. Going to take a lot for the lose. I'm sorry, the winner of Georgia, Tennessee to stay out of Atlanta. Going to take a lot for the winner of LSU, Alabama to stay out of Atlanta as well. Let's start off at Tennessee, number one in the country, according to the committee, against number two. Oh, no, Georgia fell to number three. Maybe a little extra juice for the Bulldogs here between the hedges. This line a week ago in the look ahead was 12 and a half after Tennessee's very impressive performance against Kentucky in a look-ahead spot. They uh, they uh, moved it down to nine and a half. It's been bet by the public. It's been bet by the Joes, the pros, the squares, the sharps, everybody. A lot, uh, numerous places reporting over 90% tickets, over 90% money that they've got in on Tennessee. Georgia is eight over Tennessee on CBS. Yeah, that's the thing that scares me just a little bit here because everybody seems to be loving uh, Tennessee. I do too. I don't know if I love it as much as the masses do, but I do. I do like Tennessee here. I, I think there's actually a little bit more pressure on Georgia here. Uh, I know they're you know, well, three, one, whatever the 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 bowl uh, you know rankings are right now. But uh, I mean, a, a, a loss here by by Georgia, it's going to be they're in a more precarious position to make the Final Four. Um, especially if Alabama ends up winning the SEC. And then uh, and Tennessee's only got one loss. Georgia's got one loss. If it comes down to those two and Tennessee won a head-to-head between the hedges, well, you know, might be advantage falls. Anyway, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but this is sort of a de facto national quarterfinal game for the, uh, uh, for the, uh, for the playoff. But not to overdramatize, it's a big one. Um, and we'll find out more about Tennessee. But I'll tell you what, having stepped up the way they did, you saw them down in Baton Rouge a few weeks ago take apart LSU, which is a real good team. We'll get to that game in a minute with Bama. But to be able to go to do that in uh, Baton Rouge and then also to do what they did uh, last week against Kentucky, and let's not forget the, ten, the, Kentucky, the uh, Alabama game a few weeks ago. Um, I mean, they've developed a, a, built a really nice resume here. We've talked about this offense. They're scoring nearly 50 points per game. Uh, we see Hooker now maybe the betting favorite for the uh, for the Heisman. And uh, they've passed every uh, test. Now, they haven't won down here since 2016, that wild finish with Joshua Dobbs. Uh, Georgia has tended to play with its food a little bit this year. I mean, they were well clear of Florida last week, and all of a sudden the Gators were – back sort of in the game in the second half. Uh, we saw that against uh, Mizzou where that game was a struggle. 
The Kent State game was not perfect. Um, I do think Stetson Bennett will end up being the hero of this game, though, because I think he's still vastly underrated and makes plays. This defense is still awfully good, as we know, ranked nearly in the top four, four in the country, so it's going to be a challenge for Tennessee. But there is that eight-point spread at Bet River, Rivers that you talked about, and I think that gives us a little bit more comfort to make a Tennessee recommendation here. 33-30, my score forecast for uh, Georgia. Uh, Tennessee also 7-1 and one against the number, so they have been overachieving against the spread and uh, overachieving the oddsmaker expectations this season. So uh, my angle here Tennessee plus but I think Stetson Bennett scores the winning points for Georgia yeah Tennessee uh deserving they have the best uh, resume right now but their point spread value is tied for fourth with Michigan uh at this point as far as the rankings are concerned uh the uh Clemson's too high uh just simple uh, Michigan would be a six-point favorite on a neutral field uh over the Clemson Tigers but Clemson going to Notre Dame. I do like them this week against uh, the Fighting Irish. Irish, no, no passing game, no passing game. You already used up the green jerseys versus Cal. They're not letting you don't have them left over. Can't do them two years in a row. So anyway, let's get to the other one. Night game in Tiger Stadium, Bama thirteen over LSU. Of course, as they've done it every year since Nick Saban has been in Alabama in Tuscaloosa since two thousand seven. They take a bye before this game uh, again. Brian Kelly in his first year controlling his own destiny in November to get to Atlanta. Boy, uh, this is uh, something. It took a Georgia-Tennessee game number one for CBS to get off this game and put push it to ESPN at night, too, because this is a biggie. And you're right, LSU controls its destiny. Um, and if they win out here, they're going to win the West. And if they win the SEC title game, even with two losses, I think they would get in the Final Four. I think they're going to make the SEC, let the SEC champ in whoever it is. And Brian Kelly has pulled this thing together really, really nicely. And uh, I look at Jaden Daniels, and we've talked about him all year, and I've talked about the good Jaden Daniels, which I saw at times at Arizona State uh, in recent years. A lot more of the good Jaden Daniels than the bad Jaden Daniels this year. Uh, And he's just magic when things start to go right. Also, uh, the fact LSU has come from behind so often this year. I really love the resilience in this team. Most, you know, the Ole Miss game, they were down double digits. The uh, uh, Mississippi State game down double digits. Florida State game down double digits. I mean, they have, they have come back consistently from deficits, so uh, they're never quite out of it, which also makes me impressed with Tennessee a little bit more because that's the one team LSU couldn't come back against. The personality of this Alabama team, Jimmy, looks the same to me this year as it was last year. They end up playing to the level of their opposition. You know, level, I mean, LSU might be close uh, to Bama now, but I think that's the character of this Alabama side. They've had a lot of close calls. The A&M game uh, this year, the, uh, the Tennessee game they lost, the Texas game, and we had all those games last year, including LSU, a 30-point underdog, almost went in there with Max Johnson at quarterback and scored the upset at Tuscaloosa. Too many close games. Saban has lost 10 games against the spread uh, the last two years, so it's not a must-win, a must-bet every week on on, uh, Alabama. Also, Brian Kelly, when he lost those games in the playoffs against Saban in the last decade when he was at Notre Dame, you know, in 2012, I mean, Alabama had a speed edge. They had, you just you could just tell, they they had a, a, a talent edge. And then a few years ago in the playoff as well, it's not as pronounced right now. LSU's got a little bit more talent and speed-wise than Notre Dame team, those Notre Dame teams of Kelly's had. I think LSU hangs around here. I'm not sure they can win this thing, but uh, it'll be a wild night in Baton Rouge. 34-29, Bama. That's going to be a vote 
pretty good vote for LSU plus the points for us in this one. Yeah, very in- <clears throat> very interesting with LSU. Um, uh, they're ranked too high uh, for their resume uh, this year. Um, at number 10, they should be more around the 15-16 range on the college football uh, poll. But they're playing so much higher level. Nobody's no, Nobody in college football out of the 131 Division One teams have improved more than LSU over the past uh, couple of games. And, you know, you look for that in the first year, and you talk about good Jaden, uh, bad Jaden at Arizona State. Jaden Daniels has never played at the level he's played the last couple of weeks. Now, Bama's better <clears throat> better defensively than Ole Miss in, in Florida. Okay? I'll give you that. But 11 touchdowns, six with his arm, five with his legs. I mean, they, they have been, <clears throat> excuse me, on fire. And so LSU's point spread value is right around 20. So they're playing higher than their point spread value, which was right on for this Bama-LSU line. But they're not quite as, you know, over. They're playing much higher than their overall ranking, uh, which should be at around 15. So I think this might be the last time where you get LSU at this number if they're competitive or even pull off the upset. I think it'll be close. I don't think they will win. But I think it will be a very entertaining, tight game in Tiger Stadium, which is going to be lit on, on Saturday night. Yeah, and in, in context, too, with what LSU is doing. And, the, again, the, the pattern of their games, the way they play from behind, that's something that is hard for the spreads to quantify. They just look at final scores and things. But the way LSU is doing it here, I'm mightily impressed by that. I mean, to play from behind the way they've done that and to consistently do it, this team's got uh, some secret sauce about it. And I give Brian Kelly credit and Daniels, too, and it's uh, – it's uh, it's very exciting to watch. Yeah, uh, down seven against Florida uh, multiple times. Down seventeen against Auburn. Down fourteen against Ole yeah. Miss. Down thirteen against State. That's their wins uh, yeah. this year. So uh, really uh, interesting. All right. Uh, so Air Force and Army. They're playing in Arlington. They're not playing at Global Life. They're playing at the old ballpark in Arlington. That was uh, and I've been to even to the Ranger Stadium before that uh, in back in the day, but. Um, the uh, Commander-in-Chief uh, Trophy uh, here on, at State. Air Force is 7-40.5 and 40 and a half at the now Choc- Choctaw Stadium in Arlington. Yeah, this is the Rangers' old ballpark, which is still there. And last year they played this game at the Rangers' new ballpark, which is Globe Life Field, as opposed to this one they used to call Globe Life Park. Uh, but now Choctaw, like you said. So they're playing this game at the Rangers' old stadium, which isn't really that old, so uh, good for uh, – so good for the old stadium to get uh, get this uh, game this week. Okay, Commander-in-Chief, uh, we talked about Air Force and Navy, what, about five, six weeks ago, Jimmy? And the same parameters apply to this one as applied to that one. Under. Uh, now, Under has worked in this uh, Army Air Force eight straight times. Uh, in Commander-in-Chief games, uh, 42-9-1 over the last 18 or so years to the under. That includes the games with Navy in them. And they all seem to be carbon copies of one another. Let's go back to the, uh, the Air Force and Navy game on October 1 in Colorado Springs. Here's the interesting thing. We know about the dueling options, and, yeah, okay, it, 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 the games go, the clock moves more and less, few incomplete passes and things. But here's an illustration of it. There were 111 plays run in the Air Force-Navy game. And you can look back at Air Force-Army games and Army-Navy games in recent years. It's all about the same, but 111, 110, 115 plays per game. 
Look at your normal SEC game, and this could probably apply to the ACC or the Big 12 as well. Um, uh, Ole Miss and uh, LSU a few weeks ago, there were 148 plays. Uh, Arkansas and Mississippi State a few weeks ago, there were 152 plays. Auburn and Ole Miss a few weeks ago, 150 plays. You see where we're going? Normally, a college game will have about 145, 150, 155 plays. The commander in chief the service academy games you know it's about 110 about a 40 play difference and that's a, a little bit more than a quarter's worth of snaps less in these games that's what the dueling options do because as we've said so many times the clock moves there's hardly any incomplete passes army won a game a few years ago at colorado springs where it didn't throw a pass at all so that's the pattern here because they don't snap the ball as much and the clock moves under again is the way to look. They've still got this thing 40, 40 and a half at Bet Rivers. I think it's too high. My one concern this week, though, is that Army's defense is not as good this year. Last year, they were ranked uh, 15th nationally. This year, they're sitting at 94. And that's a big dip. And uh, what I'm a little bit concerned about is Air Force, which has had a big play capability here, more than Army, and, and Daniels can go downfield with those big ones. A couple of those big plays, uh, and if say, what if Army fumbles the ball deep? Air Force has got more explosiveness, so they could end up uh, extending the margin and, and getting some points. But that hasn't been the track record in, in these games. Just the options seem to work. And uh, Army's actually played Air Force pretty tough in recent years. I think Air Force gets them here, though, 21 to 11. This would give them the commander-in-chief, which they haven't had in six years. So they want to go to the White House. They want to shake Joe Biden's hand next year. And that's what's all that's left for them now because the Mountain West is gone. And it's a little bit of a disappointing year for Air Force. Uh, but it, I it, think another under here. No, no doubt. Uh, eight, eight straight unders in a row. And, you know, Army, Navy, uh, similar, uh, is, uh, even more exaggerated numbers with, to the under. The other thing, Bruce, that you take into account, what do they talk about? Man, uh, we don't see this all year, and we have one week to prepare for it. Well, these teams see it every day at practice, every year. So, I mean, they are they are geared to stop it. So, it's really – they play assignment football, and you just don't see the, 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 the chunk plays. No doubt the snaps. I mean, to, to your point, too, is a Tennessee in the bowl game against Purdue had 106 snaps alone uh, in yep. that one. Let's go out to the Pac-12. USC getting ready to leave the Pac-12. They are taking on Cal here, 21-and-a-half in 61 this is a late one uh, on uh, on the West Coast. Yeah, and uh, SC's uh, creep back into the top uh, 10 here. That's what happens when your schedule breaks so well like that. I mean, they've had one real challenge. Uh, I guess you can say Oregon State was, too. They probably should have lost the Oregon State game. They did lose the Utah game. It was close. But this is a schedule built to land you in the top 10. And here you go again uh, with Cal, which is having a, a tough year. But I think they may have put this number a bit too high. SC is fortunate it's at home here. They're not going to get the uh, L.A. hate that you're seeing on the road for the Trojans and Bruins this year. Uh, that was pretty hostile even at uh, Tucson last week where they were ready to get SC. That's their last shot at SC and UCLA before they leave right. uh, for the Big Ten. And you certainly saw it at Salt Lake City a couple weeks ago. Um, but they are back back home here. But the SC defense is just a little too yielding for my taste here, Jimmy. Early in the season, they were doing some things right. They were forcing turnovers. Uh, they had a tremendous turnover margin after about five weeks. They were plus 14. 
Uh, that's flattened out some in the last few weeks. And you saw, I mean, Arizona easily over 500 yards last week. Utah scored TDs on five of its last six drives at Salt Lake City a couple weeks ago. And the one they didn't, they fumbled the ball into the end zone. They're just not stopping anybody. Now, Cal is not the most potent team. In fact, maybe they're the least potent team in the Pac-12, but they're getting a little bit better. Jack Plummer, quarterback, making a few more plays. The receivers, Sturdivant, and others are starting to make a few more plays. They were chasing Oregon last week. They didn't quite cover the number there. It looks like they fell about a point short, but they didn't embarrass themselves. And the dog roll has been really good for Justin Wilcox. 24-10 and 10 for Wilcox since he got to Cal in 2017 against the number as an underdog. This has been a good role for Cal. Their defense is usually pretty sturdy. It is again this year. And SC, I think it's asking a lot for a team like SC. We've seen this from Lincoln Riley teams before. I mean, a lot of offense, but the defense just isn't there. This is a bend, and now the defense is breaking some in recent weeks. And to get over three touchdowns, I think, is just too much here for uh, for SC. So uh, Cal keeps this thing uh, within uh, reason uh, this week. Uh, 34-19 score forecast for SC. Uh, but I'll take Cal plus the points for sure. All right, yeah, that's the uh, second half of the uh, ESPN doubleheader that we'll give you on after the LSU-Alabama game at 10.30 Eastern time, 7.30 uh, out in Las Vegas. Uh, CBS Sports Channel at 7 Eastern time. We're going to go to the Mountain West, and we're going to go to uh, Snapdragon Stadium in San Diego, inland on uh, I-8. You get off of five. UNLV road favorite here, seven over San Diego State. What would this line have been before the season had started when UNLV was not expected to be this good and San Diego State was supposed to be so much better? Yeah, I I think it's actually the Aztecs are favorite here. I'm sorry, okay. Yeah, it's seven. Uh, But uh, UNLV, yeah, it started off the season really good. And Snapdragon, this is right next to the old stadium, by the way. Damn it, Bruce. I mean, I'm on LSU-Bama. You got me to Snapdragon Stadium. I'm going to be at Tiger Stadium, not Snapdragon Stadium. (laughs) I know. I know. We got to get used to all these changes they got in the Mountain West. But, I mean, Brumfield is probably probably going to be back for UNLV this week. And that's been a difference for UNLV this season. Uh, when he's been in there, but uh, the defense has fallen apart the last uh, four, you know, they've given up 40, 40, 40 in these recent games. They did get a cover in there against Notre Dame just because that number was so big, but the defense has fallen apart. We've seen that before at UNLV. They have, they have jumped the rails here and I'm not sure getting Brumfield back helps. Here's the interesting thing. San Diego state did everything except win that game outright last week, Jimmy at Fresno. We had San Diego state. They covered it handily. It reminds me, reminded me of the Illinois-Indiana uh, game back early in the year. There's no way Illinois should have lost that game. They ended up losing at the end, and they're really good, as we know. San Diego State is, is a different team with, with, with Maiden at quarterback, and, and it, since they've made the switch to him, I mean, this doesn't happen in college football. I mean, where a guy is buried on the depth chart in the secondary and is working on special teams, and... When, when that guy ends up being your starting quarterback and a decent and a good quarterback, that is akin to walking on the beach and picking up a bottle and a 1960s Barbara Eden pops out. Okay? <laughs> Coco Beach. That's my, that's, yeah, Coco Beach. That's my, uh, that's my uh, Dream of Genie reference for this season. So it applies here to San Diego State. They're a much different team with me. This offense actually moves now. They really should have won that game last week. And I think Maiden makes all the difference for this offense right now. They actually have a quarterback who can do some things after having quarterbacks who couldn't do anything for a couple of years, certainly last year and this year for Brady Hoke when Burmeister was in. But they have changed. They've turned things around. 
I think they win this game, 31-19, San Diego State, and I still think they would go with with Maiden at, at uh, quarterback, and I, and I wouldn't be surprised if they are for the rest of the year. Yeah, try try having a plus 280 money line uh, ticket in your hand going to sleep on Saturday night, 28-17. And you, you get the interception in the end zone with about five minutes to go. Well, that's it. You know, that's it. So uh, and they, they use all their timeouts. No timeouts, less than two minutes go, to go. 11-point lead, and you lose to Fresno State. Ugh, what a tough one. All right, uh, another one in the SEC. Now, I mean, my gosh, Bruce. I mean, what what the hell is going on in Nashville? SEC Network, uh, 7.30 Eastern kick. South Carolina, we had Missouri last week against them. Just was not convinced at South Carolina. I thought they were doing a little smoke and mirrors, a little luck, playing, playing, um, uh, Kentucky without Levis, 17 uh, points that they were spotted against A&M, and Missouri beat them pretty pretty easily uh, in uh, in Columbia. Now they make the trip to Nashville, take on Vandy, lay in seven. Yeah, a couple of things here. But yeah, it's uh, it's Vandy, South Carolina week in the SEC. Oh, I know we're talking geez, about Bruce. those other two games, but <laughs> but here we go. Now uh, there's a we talk. I'm going to mention my Lincoln Riley reference here. Uh, and why I think he really is a genius coach. He made Spencer Rattler look like a Heisman contender two years ago. Okay, and I know Caleb Williams built him out, uh, beat him out last year. The Rattler we see this year at South Carolina, he has regressed. And I think part of it is he doesn't have Lincoln Riley around as a mentor. We're into we're beyond Halloween now, Jimmy. He's got five TD passes and nine picks mm. into November. And there, there are some schools. C.J. Stroud can get five TDs in a quarter sometimes. So, I mean, he is really disappointed. And you just watch the South Carolina game. He's making bad decisions. He seems to be regressing. This game, if South Carolina might be tempted to call Will Muschamp back to coach this game oh. because he had no trouble with Vandy when he was there. Uh, five years, five uh, wins and covers. Uh, Shane Beamer last year should have lost this game to, to Vanderbilt at home. Uh, Vandy has had, uh, you know, they started fast. The schedule worked worked in their favor. They did play better against Mizzou a couple of weeks ago after getting allowing 50-plus to all those ranked teams. But South Carolina doesn't have that sort of attack. Uh, I think Swan, the freshman quarterback, is going to be available. But uh, Clark Lee can also go to Mike Wright. Uh, who's a lot more mobile. I think he should be playing right. I know they like Swan, but Wright had some really good numbers. Well, he's, he's had seven TD passes and only 81 attempts. I know a couple of those were early, Hawaii and Elon and all that, but he's a playmaker. And they started to move with when he came in the lineup when Swan got knocked out a couple of weeks ago uh, at Mizzou. And they played Mizzou very tough, much tougher than South Carolina did. I think this is going to be a close game. And this is Vandy's chance. They got a 25-game SEC losing streak. This is their best chance to win one this year. They might do it. Uh, my score forecast, 21-19 South Carolina. I do not trust Rattler to lay points on the road. This, you know, Vandy, this is their week to maybe get one. Uh, I don't know if they do it, but plus the points, I'm definitely on the Commodores here. Rattler uh, in the five SEC games, to two TDs. In five SEC games, five interceptions there. Two of his uh, touchdowns were against uh, their in-state rival, South Carolina State. Now, not Clemson, but South Carolina State, not the MEAC. Uh, some other, so 
<clears throat> so uh, Bruce in a big one in the SEC this week. He's got Vandy uh, plus seven. I like them uh, as well. They should have covered against Ole Miss in that game. Lane Kiffin went out of his way. Snapdragon Bruce got the, the Aztecs still licking my wounds on that money line against Fresno State. Uh, that one's on CBS Sports Channel 7 Eastern. Uh, the second half of the ESPN doubleheader, late night, 10.30 kickoff, USC and Cal. Uh, Bruce likes Cal over his beloved Trojans. Under, 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 whenever the Army, Navy, Air Force play, it's Air Force and Army. Uh, early start, 11.30 Eastern kick on CBS on the network uh, leading into uh, the Georgia-Tennessee game. So uh, that is under 40 and a half. Cannot argue with that one. LSU plus 13, 7 Eastern on ESPN. And then Tennessee plus 8 against Georgia. I kind of like Georgia. Sorry, Bruce. Other ones that I like, I like Clemson minus 4 against Notre Dame. I like Wake Forest minus 4 and a half. Um, and uh, in uh, that one um, against the, I mean, NC State can score a touchdown. Uh, without their, uh, their, their, you know, without their starting quarterback, uh, Wake Forest with all of their uh, turnover by, uh, issues in Louisville late last week. TCU Texas Tech over sixty nine, over sixty nine. Uh, you you wondering if uh, TCU's for real offensively? They are. They are highly explosive. A team that's not try going four to uh, uh, four overtimes with no TDs. That's where Miami is right now. Van Dyke's out for the year. Cristobal doing his magic again. Florida State minus seven in what used to be a big rivalry. And then Kansas State. Kansas State, their point spread value in Las Vegas is right around 10. They're playing the hated Texas Longhorns. Last crack at them. How about 48 to nothing last week against Oklahoma State, uh, which we were all over Kansas State in that one. That's it for me and uh, for Bruce Marshall of the Gold Sheet. I'm Jimmy Ott on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.